From the banks of the Avon, welcome to Black Sheep Rebranded with your host, Rick Sherwood. He shares his insights that come from his years as a psychotherapist and his many life experiences and discusses today's issues and how they can affect our mental well-being. Do you have something that you want to hear his take on? You can find us on Facebook at Black Sheep Rebranded. You can email Rebecca at rstherapygroup.com or Rick at rstherapygroup.com or visit our website at blacksheeprebranded.ca. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear what he has to talk about today. Good morning, folks. Welcome to a Monday, and welcome to Monday, January fifteenth. Can't believe we're two weeks into this uh, into this year, twenty twenty four already. Um, it's been quite the snowy uh, weekend over the weekend here in southern Ontario. We have definitely went from what seemed to be a completely absent winter to I think a high of minus twenty seven today with uh, the wind chill. And so for everybody out there, uh, bundle up. And if you're in the Southern Hemisphere and you're listening to this, I'm jealous. Because, well, the older I get, the less I like snow and cold. Regardless, what are we going to talk about today? Well, last week I happened to catch Jelly Roll and his uh, appearance before a Congress committee down in the U.S. And they were talking about drugs and one of the things that that I think was was that struck me and and struck a, a a true nerve with me, and whenever I'm dealing in the office with addictions, addictions to gambling, addictions to drugs, addictions to anything, and even when I'm dealing with people who desperately um, need to get away from things and they are addicted to sometimes video games, you know, any number of things. The one thing that I didn't hear, and I listened to the two and a half hours of uh, the Congress uh, interview with, uh, or, or not the interview, but the session that Jelly Roll participated in, and then there was uh, a couple other gentlemen from police services and, and you know, sort of how all of these things were, were affecting them. And the one thing none of these people, and I mean zero, did I hear in that two and a half hours, was a very clear statement of the fabric of society. Society starts with an individual. The individual then has impact on the people around them. And then that's what, where society comes in. Society cannot exist without individuals. And the, it's the individuals that create the idea of what a society is. And I'm going to go down a long meandering path today. And I'm going to go down, you know, my my strategies over the years and how it, how it's worked out. Back in the 70s, which is, you know, quite accurate because this is when Jim Crochet was bigger. You know, these storytellers you know, these people who, you know, would write these songs and write these words and write this. And this is where my love for music and my love for words and, and language, where it started. And Jim Crochet has this song. It's called Tomorrow's Going to Be a, a Brighter Day. And I want you to listen to the beginning of this song. We're going to play about a minute and a half of it. And I want you to listen to the beginning of this song. And I want you to think that in your head, you know, when you reach out and you take that drink, you reach out and you 
you'll play that game, you go play that whatever, right? Tomorrow's gonna be a brighter day. You are telling yourself this with that, that commodity. So as a kid growing up, those words, tomorrow's going to be a brighter day. Can't promise you, can't be there for you, wasn't there for you, needed to be there for you, can't promise you much. That's what I felt as a kid. And I'm going to go back to the early 70s. And in London, Ontario, in the early 70s, Saturday morning following cartoons, there was a show on and they actually had kids that were up for adoption. And although the name of that show, I, I am not uh, quite sure of what it was. I think it was Family Finder, I think. What it was is it was uh, London CAS, and it was kids that were up for adoption. And so they would have these kids literally on television, and they would go, hey, this, this kid's up for adoption. Hey, this kid's up for adoption. Hey, this kid's up for adoption. And I remember vividly, like it was, like it was this morning, me sitting there watching that show and going, how the heck do you get on there? Because I don't want to be where I am. I'm talking about being a five, six, seven-year-old kid watching this show and going, mm-mm, I, no, I, I don't want to be part of where I am. How do I get on that show because they would talk about family and loving and being together. And they would talk about all these incredible things. And I would sit there and I would watch this week after week after week after week. And I would go, oh my God, how do you get on this show to get a family that actually wants you and loves you? And we're talking, folks. I was like somewhere between the ages of five and seven when I started watching that. And I think it went off the air when I was about nine or ten and so it wasn't on for very long but what I did is you know just like Jim Crochet's right tomorrow's gonna be a brighter day and then I broke my nose and y'all are gonna be listening to this going what the I broke my nose 
bicycling. Mushed my nose into my face. Big cast on it. Spent a few days in hospital. Back then they actually kept you in hospital. Spent a few days in hospital. And I was introduced to 222s. And people who aren't from Canada are going to go, what is that? That is aspirin with codeine and caffeine. Codeine is the precursor to a lot of the drugs that we have today. The, the opiates and things like that. But that's what I was introduced to, was 222s. And again, I was about nine years old when I broke my nose. And from that moment on, one of the things that I learned, and it was a very, very long, arduous journey. And so now I'm going to fast forward you from the 70s on up into the, into the late 90s when I was in a really big truck wreck out in California. And I broke the steering column off. I bent the brake pedal. I, Man, I did a number on the inside of that truck all with my body. Just holding on and going for a hell of a ride. And, and again, what was I introduced to? And so when I was taken out of that truck wreck, they said, you're likely going to be paralyzed. As it turns out, a vertebrae, the number two the, from, from the top of my spinal cord, the second one down from my skull was dislodged. And so it had pinched a bunch of nerves. And I spent the next three years off and on, uh, you know, with oxycosat and oxycodone. And before that track wreck, uh, being chemically induced to accomplish something was not something that I would shy away from. And so I ran for a company that paid a team rate uh, if there was two people in the truck because of the speed you could move freight. And they paid single people a single rate. And so if you were running a single out to the coast, you made three cents a mile less. Well, over 2,500 miles week after week, that would add up. And so I got paid team rate. No questions asked. Actually, at times, there was no questions. There was just things handed to me. And I would make my way out to the coast in one hell of a hurry. Sleep? I could get it when I was out there. And it was ironic because, you know, chemical in enhancement like that, I used chemicals all the time. And I drove all over North America with my first wife. And I guarantee if you went and found her today, she'd go, no, he was never using any, anything when we trucked together. And I would have to say to her, you're incorrect. Even with her in the cab of a truck, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you could not keep up the pace that I kept up. I could do it for months, but I couldn't do it for years. And I did it for years. And that promise of a brighter day came from the fact that, let's go back to the 70s, I never felt love. And this is one place where, where Jelly Roll and I are going to um, connect. You know, he said that, you know, he felt that he was depressed as a child. And after I have the education that I have, I guarantee you, I know that I was. And, and yet, you know what? 
the one thing that I never took any time to do was to look at the social fabric. When I decided to look at that social fabric, again, knowing that the man in the mirror was me. And that man in the mirror, if I wasn't happy, I needed to change something. Because all that I did for the bulk of my life was try to seek happiness, kindness, support, and love from others. And so if you go into a crack house today, you go into a building today, you are going to see people who are the children of politicians, the children of a mayor, the children of leading entrepreneurial. You are going to see the children and the adults, and you are going to see people of all ages seeking one thing, social acceptance. And so remember what I said about this idea of, of society, it starts with the individual. And so as an individual, if we start off going, oh my dear God, no, we're, we're not going down that road. We're not going to be accepted. So then we, we want to run. But typically speaking, right, there's that old adage, blood is thicker than water. Well, you know what? What should be thickest should not be, you know, blood, genetics, where you come from. What should be thickest is what pushes you to be a better human being versus what pushes you to feel destroyed. And there's a very fine line. And I have not always done a very good job of walking that fine line. But what I can tell you for sure is that it is a fine line where what you're going to do is, is you're going to fall apart because you're being pushed. Well, being pushed is not necessarily a bad thing. What is a bad thing is for us to sit here and believe that we can always be comfortable. I have spoke endlessly and I mean truly endlessly about the campers, the people who camped at Mom and Dad's Park, creating who I am. And, and I remember people being hard, but not being critical, not criticizing. And that being hard, they always, always had a level of respect in saying to me, you know, that I was screwing up somehow, that they were disappointed somehow, that somehow I needed to show a different side of me that was better. So when people would do that, they would never look at me and they would never say, I don't like this version of you. I don't like you. Those words would never come out of their mouth. What would come out of their mouth would be, hey, and it would be about what they didn't like. Jack Madge, who I've talked about many times on this podcast, I remember one day, because I was moving a whole bunch of dirt, and so, you know, I'm chewing up the dirt, and then I'm ending up with these dirt treads coming off the, the tractor tires right in front of his camper. And he's like, oh my God, you're going to make it so dusty. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Why can't you? 
And so what did I do? I listened to him. And I was like, you know what? No problem. So I dragged out all that dirt that I'd put down and I took a different path because he had a valid point. But it was more that not only did he have a valid point, but he didn't make it about me personally. He made it, made it about the action. And that is the one thing that, again, nobody in Congress actually talked about was taking the time to look at society. Because you can spend all the money, all the time, all the energy trying to blame China for the drugs and trying to, for the chemicals coming to Mexico from China. You, you can blame everybody and anybody that you want, but until you actually sit there and change society and change the individual within society, we're going to always have a problem. There was LSD. There was cocaine. Now there's opiates. There will be something next. There will be something that people will want to take and use and abuse or alcohol or video games or whatever it is to get out of being where they are. So just think about that. This drug problem, we can throw money at it and we've been throwing money at it forever. And as much as we've been throwing money at it, as much as we've had narco subs being intersected in the Pacific, as much as we've had all these beautiful things happen, as much as we've been flying planes and flying uh, helicopters out there trying to intersect planes coming from South America into the United States and into Canada, as much as we've been doing that, as much as you want to blame this quote-unquote porous border where anything can flow through, so long as society has the problems that society has, there will always be something that people want to change. The quote out of those, uh, those meetings last week in the U.S. was a 737 a day, but 190 people a day in the U.S. die. How many people a day die from alcohol? How many people a day die from complications of liver disease from alcohol? And again, it is a social problem. And it's a social problem because we don't actually look in the mirror. And we don't sit there and go, hey. So when people want to sit back and they want to go, you know, blood is thicker than water and you need to do this and you need to do that. I, I learned that for me personally, and I know that there's a lady out there that I went to elementary school and to high school with who's reached out and talked to me about these podcasts once in a while. And, and she grew up in, quote unquote, an environment where people went, oh, that's, that's a loving environment. But the one thing that she never, ever felt was heard or understood. And the understanding was, I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, you have to do something and this is what you're going to do. But I don't want to do that. You don't have a choice. And again, as a parent... It is our job and our responsibility to ensure that people grow. But how do we grow? Well, we grow by pushing. We grow by looking in the mirror. And we grow by understanding that it is the actions and not the person that we have to be judgmental of and critical of. The actions. What's actually happening and not the person. Because let me tell you, folks... I saw lots of people um, 
you know, getting high, getting drunk back in the 70s and 80s um, at my folks' park. I saw lots of people trying to run away from from that social structure that was right there on that 50 acres. And it was because of the criticism that was coming their way and not allowing them to actually grow because it wasn't the actions that were being criticized. It was them. And they never felt like there was a love. And part of the reason why they never felt like there was a love is because we have a social problem. And the social problem is... 100% related to how much time we get to spend with each other, how much time we get to spend to teach each other things, and how much time we get to actually spend truly being a parent. So this song, a cappella, this song is a famous song. Man in the Mirror. Y'all want to watch something really powerful. This is Michael Jackson in 1988. He would end up dead a couple couple decades later, and he would end up dead because one of the things that he struggled with was the exact same thing. Being loved for who he was. Whatever you want to say about Michael Jackson, one of the things that is clear and for sure is he strived his entire life to surround himself with people who could simply be a kid, simply be non-judgmental, and simply be non-critical of the human being, critical of the action, but not of the human. So with that, again, you want to watch something really powerful? Google Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror, acapella. Goes to show the talent that he had simply as a singer, simply as, as a musical talent. No instruments. There is some backup singers that do come out in the video and there is a a choir that comes on stage but everybody always thinks of him as the theatrics with the music watch this truly a misunderstood human being and he died due to his addiction with youth his addiction with love and his addiction with trying to be appreciated. Y'all have yourself an amazing Monday. And remember, society is created by what we tolerate. So start with the man in the mirror. Start with the woman in the mirror. Start with whomever it is that is looking from your eyes 
into that mirror to change the social fabric of where you stand and why you stand there and create a world where you can actually stand proud. And if it means you are not standing with family, but you are standing alone and you are not standing with old friends, so be it. Because you know what? That may be the only way that you actually survive your life without addictions. Hey folks, again, welcome to Monday, January 15th, and again, from Sherry, Rebecca, myself, we thank you very much for tuning in, and for everybody else that helps us um, on the fringe to make these podcasts what they are, we thank you, and uh, from the bottom of our heart, uh, please, yeah, make yourself a, a better person, make the world a better person around you, and you know what? We look forward to chatting with you again on Thursday. Again, reminder, this is not a substitute for mental health. This is meant to educate, inform, and to help you start to look at the world in a little bit different way. And so take the time, listen to some music, find your own focus. And again, all the information here is copyright protected, so please don't steal our stuff. Take care, y'all. <laughs>